Hey guys, what's going on there? Welcome to the Side Monkey Podcast. I am your co-host, Matthew Angelo Sobolski, alongside the better co-host... Amanda Skorupski Muldoon. Both of us have three names. Yeah, I like so it. So cool. I like yeah. it. AKA Scrubs, right? Scrubs, yeah. And right. what are you? Sib? I have a lot of them. Seaball, Sibby, Wally, Mini-Me. Mini-Me was my Wally. name. Yeah, Wally. So yeah, it was... That's what we... Like the Disney character? I mean, we'll get into it. No. Uh, that was the name of the type of marijuana that I yeah. was selling at one point. Okay. Well, right. your interview is for next week. You, I, you, <laughs> you asked okay. that, and I had to come up with it. Uh, okay. Is but, that made up, or that's real? That's a fast fact. That's a real fact. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Absolutely. I don't think I ever sold anything, so... No? Except my charming personality. And, and that, I don't even, can you put a price on that? Uh, no. Shit. I'm going to... Two dollars. <laughs> thrift store. Yeah. So anyway, guys, welcome to the Side Monkey Podcast where we have a, a ton of fun here, but we also do get serious. And let's uh, recap a little bit of last week, right? Mm-hmm. What did we talk about? Um, who? It's deep. <laughs> Heavy. Yeah. Have to reflect on that for a moment. <laughs> We talked about so, anyways, breaks. No. We took breaks. I do remember that. We took three. Took, three? No, we took two. Two breaks. Two breaks. Um, we didn't go anywhere, though. We didn't go anywhere. We no. stayed in our seat, and we talked about what we were going to talk about. So there was that. There was Mindfulness, that. mobility. Uh, we talked a little bit about who we were, and we talked about what we were going to be talking about this week, which was me. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know that we can wrap it all up into one podcast, but we're going to do our best. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. You're going to be asking the questions, right? I'm going to be doing the interview. Yeah. You're going to be the interviewee. Five foot four, three forty four. Five. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can check the picture. (laughs) Yeah, the picture. So we did our, we did take our picture uh, for the podcast today, which was an event in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, The coffee was tough. It was a tough transition that, uh, yeah. well, you had a full one, you know, so I, I think maybe. I should have gone half. At, you should have went probably at count. eight when I was like, hey, ready to do the podcast. Yeah. You would have been on your third refill by the time I was actually ready. Right. And yeah. then I might have poured a little out for the homies, just so that. Yeah. It was, it was tough to for you to get the, the coffee up and hold. I don't have a lot of homies to pour out for, <laughs> so know? it would have been a light spill. <laughs> Yeah, um, it would have been a little drip, but maybe maybe in a few years. Yeah, I hope that I don't have to ever pour out a lot for my homies. Yeah, <laughs> I get the reference. I'm cool yeah. like that. You are? You're down like that? I think so, yeah. And what brought that to mind? There's a show that the wife and I are watching called Good Girls. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't think I'd be watching it either, but in the episode, uh, the one good girl yeah. pours out a little coffee for for, uh, for a homie. For one homie. Do you pour out a lot for each homie or just is it Well, it's for, for all of I them? mean, depending on I guess how many homies you have, it would okay. be. So if you're at, you know, the site, you're pouring that liquor out. Okay. Is it always liquor or could it It's be usually going to be some liquor, but you could do coffee if you'd like or a little water maybe. Okay. Yeah. What, any, any, what if a homie's dry? Yeah. <laughs> maybe some Sprite? <laughs> sure. Yeah, that was or Kool-Aid. Yeah, I mean, if it's a if it's a young homie. Oh, that's sad. That's terrible. I know. That's I'm just saying. Cool. We don't want to start off on that. Point. Yeah, we Let's better turn it around. So, anyways. Yeah, so, anyways. 
Uh, yeah. So, Which we were talking about is the most offensive way to interrupt a conversation. So that, and I think if if you are interrupted, you probably never really thought of it that way. But now that you mentioned that, like yeah. So, anyways, let's move on. You're basically yeah. cutting that person off. Right. So are we? Are you being, you're being serious. Yeah. Let's. Move okay. On. Let's move on. All right. <laughs> we are going to spend the bulk of the show today talking. Uh, and finding out more, not only for myself, but for you listeners, on who Scrubs, a.k.a. Amanda Scrubsky Muldoon, is. So, yeah. with that, we're going to break. Oh, that's quick. Yeah, we're going to break. How many minutes has it been? Ooh, it's been about five. Wow, that's quick. Okay. Yeah, it was, we're, we're getting down to the meat and potatoes. All right, I like it. Right here. I'm right. ready. We'll be back. Alright, so what I'm going to do there is I'm going to end that. Alright guys, welcome back to the Side Monkey Podcast. That was a quick intro section. Yeah, really quick. Right, it's all the coffee we had, right? Yeah, we were ready. We were How many have you had today? Just uh, just one. I don't take a lot of coffee. Oh, you don't need a lot, huh? No, I don't. Like a squirrel, right? Like <laughs> squirrel. squirrel. <laughs> there it goes. It's gone. <laughs> I had three. I could tell. You could tell? Yeah, yeah. you came out. You came, came out, out hot? Yeah, yeah, came you were hot. ready. Okay. Yeah. yeah You've been just, waiting for this all day. I, I have. I was yeah. excited. I woke up 3.40. I'm like, today we record. Today's the day. It's the day. And then we had some cancellations. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, let's record. And I'm like, psych. Uh, I got some peeps here. And I've got to work out. So yeah, here we are. I write it in my calendar. So I'm always ready. <laughs> I write everything down. And then I check it off. It makes me Do really you? happy. Oh, yeah. You're very organized. Uh, yeah. And it makes me feel accomplished when I get to check things off. That is a fact. Uh, you know that? <laughs> well, it's just a, it's a way that we can feel accomplished, right? Checking things off. Checking yeah. things off. Feels mm-hmm. like we're actually, I'm right in the microphone there, sorry, actually getting things done, which mm-hmm. is, it's important. Yeah. I've done that for a really long time. So. How long? We'll get, probably get into that. Uh, probably since high school. Yeah. Okay. So. All right, so this is going to be this is going to be exciting for me. I think it's going to be exciting for the listeners to Hope so. get deep inside or scary. Or, or very scary. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> put your safety buckles on. Yeah, all the, of them. The ones that they put in race I've cars. I've got three. <laughs> yeah. I've only got one here, so I hope it holds. Okay. But uh, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be good, and we're going to learn more about scrubs, what makes her tick. And what, you don't hear it. Oh no, <laughs> I do. But the listeners, head. I see it. Yeah. Oh, trying, I see it. I don't <laughs> know if our listeners behind can, blue can, eyes. <laughs> yes. Um. So let's. I guess you know when we're trying to learn about somebody that we always try and start from the beginning with anything, right? So I love being a child. I think we all love being a child. So for you, Amanda, what was your fondest memory as a child? Uh, well, I grew up in the country. Uh, I grew up out in Bennington, New York. Dang. Uh, yeah. So I really loved growing up, uh, in a real, really rural neighborhood. So, uh, my parents had a golf cart for me. So me and my sister, and we got to ride it around on our backfield. So you had some land. Oh, we had some land. Yeah. Um, so we used to ride around all day. Me and my sister. Were you over 16? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, we Is were that little. legal in the uh, country? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Um, yeah, so we would drive around all day long. Breaking the law back, even back when you were a kid. That's me. 
for sure. Savage, I knew it. Yep, definitely. Uh, and we also had sheep, so and chickens, and we would get the eggs. We would ride the sheep, um, and we were only allowed. I'm to, sorry, what was that? We would ride the sheep, uh, and we were only allowed to ride the sheep if we wore our helmets. Uh, obviously, <laughs> safety first. So uh, I'm not laughing. Yeah, me neither. Um, as long as if you are, it's okay. Yes. I mean, so you would have to, you know, make sure your helmet was How buckled. old were you when you were riding, riding the sheep? Mm, so we moved out there when I was six or seven. So we got right. the sheep so when I was like... So you were like two or like, three riding no, the sheep. No, okay. I was, that was the probably I eight or nine when I was okay. riding the sheep. You have to make sure that you grab onto the wool and there's lanolin in their wool, um, which makes your hands soft. nice and soft. Yeah. yeah. Uh, does that hurt the sheep? Um, I don't think so. I mean, they would buck you around when you were on them. Um, and we would ride chocolate. He was our brown sheep. They Is were named a... chocolate and vanilla. No uh, shit. We like little. ice cream. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Is that an, is it like unique? Like the, uh, albino deer, right? Mm-hmm. Not, you don't see it all the time. Chocolate sheep? Like, is that? Uh, no, that wasn't uncommon. Oh, okay. I... Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's what we did. We'd ride the sheep. We'd ride our golf cart. Um, and when you're out there and there's nothing else to do, that's what you do yeah. all day. Mm-hmm. So how f- close was the nearest neighbor? Our neighbors were literally right next door, but the other okay. neighbors were a quarter mile down the street. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. in the middle of summer, we'd go out in the backfield and just scream and yell. We could be as loud as we wanted. We were the only kids right around us. Okay. Um, so we had to probably go a couple miles before we would see any of our friends. We'd ride our bikes down. And it wasn't a big deal for us to do that because, I mean, it was safe, relatively yeah. safe back then. Left the house, left the door open. Mm. Yeah, didn't lock it, didn't lock the door, didn't have to worry about it. Cars were left unlocked. Was there any Amish around? No, no Amish. Okay. All right. So... I mean that. I mean, I mean, there's 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 the city folk and then there's the country folk, right? I mm-hmm. guess there's only the two there. Yeah. Uh, so being, I grew up in the city. How did how did your childhood impact your life overall? Um. Well, you had to be friendly with everybody because if you needed anything, you had to rely on your neighbors. So, the neighbor. Right next door had a big tractor, so he would snow blow our driveway for us, and we would help him out with anything he needed. So my dad worked on cars, so my dad would help him out with anything that he had that would go wrong with his cars. Um, The other neighbor, we would go over and help him out with his dog. So everybody helped each other. So I think that that has translated into my adult life because I see that I want to help other people. I want to continue that. So that was so that was instilled from an early age, mm-hmm. right? And it's still Definitely. with you today. Yeah. I think the community aspect. Yeah. I I like community in the classes I teach. I like community in the jobs that I do. I still feel that impact. Um, I still want to see that in the communities that I live in. Um, I, I would, think it's harder now. Is it a generalization that when you go to the country, people are a little bit nicer? I think we were all friendly back then. I don't know. When I go out there now, I don't see that still. When I go see the house, it, the neighborhood doesn't look the same that it did when I was little. So I don't know that it's still like that. I think people are more to themselves than they used to be. 
Um, you think that is a just a sign of the times? Do you think that's coming of age? Do you think? I don't know. I'd have to go live out there again. Okay. Yeah, I'd have that's to. It's a go fair see. statement. Yeah. How often do you go back there? You said, I mean, um, well, I have the Darien Lake concert pass, so I go out there all the time. Okay. Um, so I drive by there when I can. Um, I miss it. I miss the space. I miss not having someone living right on top of you uh, and getting to just breathe a little bit. I don't know if that makes sense, but right now with everyone living so close and literally being able to reach out and practically touch your neighbor's house, I miss uh, stretching out and having lawn space. Like it used to take, and I know my dad would probably laugh at this, but it used to take a few hours to cut the lawn, but in that few hours... When I was younger, we would all be out there and doing something. And if it was Tuesday or Wednesday night when we would be cutting the lawn, everyone knew that's when we were going to do it. And we, it was a family project. And now it seems like one person's out there doing it, and that's their solitude rather than sure. the whole family. So it was different. Now, we're going to get into a lot moving forward here, but just based on what you said... Fast forward to your golden years. Are you moving back out to the country and chilling out? Like that's my golden. Like when I'm ready to retire and like plant myself out there. Uh, Yeah, like heart attack in the back forty and just hope someone finds me, kind of thing. Sounds magical. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, why not? Maybe a sheep will come walk over me. And you have another pet sheep. Yeah, why not? I thought it was cool to have sheep and chickens and all that stuff. They weren't. Too much work, and it would be cool to have kids or grandkids that got to come out and help me take care of them. That would be awesome. Yeah. Okay. I so could see that again. It wouldn't even have to be, though, the quote-unquote golden years, the retirement years. No, not necessarily. I could definitely see that happening again. Okay. Interesting. So, moving on. I don't want to go so anyways, because that would be bad. <laughs> it's so offensive. Uh that being said, who's had the, this is childhood or even beyond that, but who's had the greatest influence on you as a child? Um, probably both of my parents, my mom and my dad, for different reasons. My mom was always really, really kind. She has always gone out of her way to be really loving and kind to everyone that she's come into contact with and made an effort to make everyone feel like their time with her meant something. So if you popped in and had a conversation with her, she was all in for that conversation. And that I've, I've watched that my entire life. So if you popped into the house, you were never rushed out. Um, if you called her on the phone she never rushed to get you off the phone I see that with my cousins who've called her my aunts and uncles who've popped over um she just always wants you to know that you're valuable to her and that I I've watched that with people who've been rude to her people who've been unkind with their words and it's never mattered she will still make time for you and she's so beautiful in how she treats everyone in the world no matter what Um, My dad, his work ethic, he goes to work no matter what. He's always put in the grind. He knows that he wants to make the life for my sister, my mom, and I the best life that it can be. And he gets up, puts in the time, 
and no matter what, he's there. And he's instilled that in us. And he has often said, you know, hey, can you come do this? And sometimes we struggle with that in our relationship because he wants more time with us. And my sister and I both work multiple jobs because he's put that work ethic into us. Um, but it's because that's what he taught us. So it's dad's fault. It's busy. dad's fault. Yeah, it's definitely. dad's fault that we're busy. But it's kind of that song, sure. Cat's Cradle. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, great and song. He played that for us when we were little, and I remember when he played that for us, and he said... Is that Blind Melon? I think so, yeah. yeah. He said, don't let this be us, but that's what he taught us. and It's a beautiful song. It is mind. a beautiful song, yeah. but... When that's what you teach, sometimes that lesson comes back to bite you. And I, I feel bad about saying that, but he taught us to work hard for what you want and what you have. And that's what we've done. And that's what we do now. And um, recently he did get sick. And we've both kind of reflected on that and are trying to make more time now. So unfortunately, sometimes that's what it takes. Um, and we're lucky that everything kind of turned around, but we're we're both trying to make more time now for him and for the for everyone in our family. So, I think that's a lesson. You know, there's a guy that I that I follow his podcast. He'll drop bombs, but I think there is a lesson um, right there. Mm-hmm. Is that you know there's time's not on anyone's side, right? And and to do what we can. Again, what we talk about, what we'll continue to talk about, being present, and when you do have the time, to be there. Right. And we're lucky to have, that it turned out the way it did, because I know some people don't get that opportunity. Um, but, again, I'm, I'm very thankful and very blessed that it turned out that way. So, Yeah. I get more time, and I need to put the time and effort into the relationship and know that I have that reflection moment because not again, not everybody does, and no. I, I realize that I'm not blind to that at all. So we've obviously we've had two huge influence, influences in your life with your parents uh, being being them. We've talked a little bit about the childhood. Let's move into the uh, always awkward uh, adolescent years for any of us, for all sure. of us, right? It's that transition, junior high, sure. into even high school. So. How would you define your adolescent years? My adolescence, I was, oh gosh, I was kind of nerdy. I, uh, yeah, I didn't know how to define myself, as most people don't. I was really searching for who I was and who I was going to be and probably changed my definition several times over that I don't know, 10 years, probably from 12 to 22, I changed my definition of who I was every other day. Um, That's quite a bit of change. Yeah. A lot of days. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of days. But I, I also, what I can say is I was one of those people who I... As I was changing what my definition of who I was, I was comfortable, and I again, I know that I'm very lucky and blessed, I was comfortable with not defining myself, 
and pigeonholing myself into any box or category. And you and I talked about this the other day. Um, my senior year of high school, I just allowed myself to be who I was. I was like, I'm going to be sarcastic. I'm going to walk in and just, I'm a senior. I don't care. I had that senior mentality. And I finally realized all of the people in high school who I was afraid of, I was really friends with. Um, and just let it be and kind of let myself be who I was going to be. That is, that just kind of what you had said there leads me into the question. You had said in the beginning you were kind of nerdy. Were you... Were you ever picked on? Were you ever bullied? I mean, that's something that's very obvious. It's, it's been going on forever, right? Yeah. Uh, beginning of time, I think. So you know what? now it's something that's... Some of my friends were because they were going through some issues with their sexuality and who they were. And I was kind of put into that same category because I was friends with them. Um, association, right? Association. But you know what? It... It didn't bother me, and I don't know why. I, it, if they were picking on me... You didn't know, or you didn't... I, I didn't know, and it, it, honestly, I didn't, didn't let it... Yeah, I didn't let it hurt me or bother me. I like, kind of let it roll off my shoulders. If I did go home and cry about it, it didn't affect me to the point that I still even remember it or affect me in any kind of way. Would you say that's based on a teaching that you had from your parents, or that was just something that you never gave too much thought to? I mean, because I, I think so think many I people gave struggle it too with much that. Thought. I don't think that other, other people. I don't think the people who are doing it mattered to me. Okay. I don't think their influence mattered to me. I don't think their friend groups mattered to me enough that I wanted to be in them. I think I did momentarily, but then I realized that who they were, they were people that were also struggling with who they were as well, and I realized that pretty early on. And I, because I realized that they were also struggling, didn't need to get involved. So how would you then, I mean, and, and we'll get into it, we're going to go into a lot more here, but, you know, for, I think it's good to just kind of touch on this. How does the, the parent who's got a kid at home, you know, how do they explain to their child who's being bullied not to let it get to them? I think it's really tough, but I think if you can identify that someone else is probably hurting as well, and that's why they're choosing to single you out, um, and then removing yourself from that situation as much as possible, and that, that sucks, don't get me wrong, like trying to avoid someone because they're uncomfortable with who they are, like, that's really difficult. Yeah. Um. Have you ever, have you read uh, the book by Don Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements? I have. Okay. Um, I don't remember. The second agreement is don't take anything personally. Yeah. And I think that's essentially what you're, you didn't. You you were able to, and it's in the meaning and, and with the way he describes it in the book is that the person who would unleash the harm or was the way they were bullying your friends and, and, and possibly even you, but you were just like, Shh. Dust off my shoulders. Right. Um, that that person, anywhere, any person coming from a, a place of love mm-hmm. and being okay with who they are, they're not going to go out of their way to offend somebody else. And so that lesson right. in the book was don't take anything personally because it has nothing to do with you and it has right. everything to do with them. And so that's the lesson I think that you're saying that mm-hmm. as parents and what they can ex- explain to their kids about Definitely. people like that. Yeah. So uh, senior year, you're just like, 
screw you guys. Whatever. But, yeah. Whatever. Uh, I'm cool as shit. <laughs> and I'm I'm moving uh, I'm yeah. moving on. So what 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 was the progression or? Yeah. So then I went to UB. I went to UB for uh, three years. I graduated in three years uh, with two degrees. Uh, Sorry, one more time. Uh, three years, two degrees. Um, psychology and health and human services. So they're kind. They're very similar, but I. Um, I commuted when I went to school, so I didn't live on campus. Regrets um, on that lucky, at all. <laughs> lucky bastards who got <laughs> to live there. Uh, but I commuted from uh, Bennington, so it was an hour commute. Uh, the only year that I didn't know. So yeah, the only year that I lived close was freshman year. I lived in Kenmore in a basement apartment, um, and that we talked about as well is when I. Because I lived by myself, I really had to put myself out there because I didn't have friends on campus. All the professors really? yeah, you didn't said, know anyone. Yeah, all the professors were like, meet up with your friends to do study <laughs> groups. And I was like, what friends where? Uh, all the kids that I knew from Attica who were going to, shout out to Attica, Blue Devils, <laughs> <laughs> um, who were going to UB had their own friends. Um, my... Boyfriend at the time lived on campus, so if I wanted to hang out with anybody, I had to get into the dorms, which was annoying. Yeah. Um, and everyone was partying all the time, and I did not. I was not a partier. No. Um, absolutely not. So I was way too nervous. Um, I really did not do anything illegal. I was. I straight laced. Straight laced. Yeah. Absolutely. So I. Um, that's when I was would go to Blockbuster and I would find myself talking to myself about the movies that I was going to rent. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to rent whatever. Were you talking Meaning, out loud? Talking out loud to myself at Blockbuster. And I was like... Did you get any strange looks? Oh, all the time. Yeah. So I was like, I need to start talking to people and I need to put myself out there. And I realized that I'm actually a really outgoing person and I need to Never go after <laughs> what I want. So... My boyfriend and I at the time broke up. Uh, he was playing, oh gosh, he was playing Xbox, one of those shooter game things. Call of Duty or some shit like that. Something like that. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do this. So I'm going to put myself out there. And I started talking to everybody. If there was a guy I was interested in, I would walk up to him and just be like, hey, do you want to go out? He'd be like, not really, not with you. And I'd be like, Cool. All right, I'm going to go talk to most, that other guy most that I'm people, interested in. Even if they had, most, and this is most women or or guys especially, <laughs> if they had, and I'm going to use just a term, if they had the sack, right, the courage, we'll call it courage, to go up and do that and then get shot down would, like, obliterate them. Like, just to, for a lot of people, just to work up that courage to do that sure. is a lot. Yeah. Right? And you're like, I got this. And yeah. then he's like, yeah, not really. And you're like, all right, on to the next one. Like, yeah. Just like. That's no, a and pretty, that's, 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 a, that's a great quality Thanks. to have and characteristic to be able to, to be able to do well, that, I think. Because if he's going to say no, I would rather him say no up front than us go out and then him say no afterwards or ghost me because, like, that's when Ooh. ghosting started. Yeah. So, like, that sucks as well because being in the dating world, it really sucks. And what, I'm not in the dating worlds, but if you, if you are ghosting really sucks mm -hmm. so i don't want to be in that okay um so yeah i would much rather someone just be up front with me so that, that's a that's shout out yeah to scrubs yeah thanks for just taking independent like take it upon yourself like 
Well, the same with like if someone's studying in the library or and or I'm walking up to a group anywhere and I just introduce myself, walk up, plunk myself down, and start talking. I would much rather them say, "I'm sorry, we're busy, we're doing this," or open up and say, "Yeah, we're absolutely looking for someone else to come on board and do it up front," rather than two weeks down the line say, "Yeah, we're not really interested." So, so that's me. That's. I am an upfront person. Let me know how things are, how they're going, rather than lead me on in any kind yeah. of way. So I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> Please. Um, so it sounds like that was maybe when a shift occurred. Absolutely. In college is when I started to just put myself out there in all situations. Yeah. yeah. Both through, like, my career. So that's when I started putting applications out there, trying to figure out, like, where I was going to go with my career. It's when I started to put myself out there in fitness. Like, that's when I started running, started doing 5Ks, figuring out, okay, I like this. I want to start going further. At that point, I I ran track in high school, um, and I thought I was a sprinter. I'm not. I'm terrible. Like, if I have to run to go get coffee, I'm like, God, that sucked. Why why did I run to get coffee? But if you tell me coffee's two miles away, I'd be like, let's go get all the coffee. Let's get tons. Um, But yeah, that's when I started to figure all of that out for me. Okay. Uh, I would say that that is, sounds like you had some, some pretty good experiences. I mean, that just the ability to do that and put yourself out there mm-hmm. and then just understand that if there's anything I want, I'm going to go after it. Like yeah. It's not going to come to me. Uh, hey, guy over there, you're not going to come to me because most guys just don't have uh, yeah. the fortitude, mental fortitude and courage to go and do that. And, yeah. and if you wanted something, you went and got it. Um, sounds like college was a good experience. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So with that, experiences, in my, in my mind, it, our experiences define us. They make us who... Who we are. Mm-hmm. Can you give our listeners and, and myself even um, an experience or circumstance that has helped define you now? Sure. Um, so back, oh gosh, at this point, well, a few years ago. So I was married. Um, I got married back in 2013. Um, did you become a scrubs or did you become a Muldoon? I became a Muldoon. Okay. Um, and he was amazing. I can't say anything bad about my ex. Side note, you're a scrubs through and through. I'm a scrubs nice. through and through. Scrubs. I mean, scrubs. Scrub, no scrubs. Sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, go ahead. I'm scrubs through and through. Um, my ex-husband is an amazing person. I do want to put that out there. Um, shout out to ex-husband. Shout out to ex-husband. Um, and. So what happened? I mean, if, if you don't mind. Like. No. Um, we became good friends, good roommates, but we weren't in love anymore. Um, and it's through some of the stuff that we went through, which I'm going to lead into, that kind of made us friends. Um, we started trying to have a baby about a year after we were married, and I, we got pregnant right away. And really? Lucky dog. I, yeah. I was so excited. I wanted to tell everybody. And I have never understood why you don't tell everybody. Um, it didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I had no idea what the realities were around it. Um, and then we went to our first appointment. And 
I... And this is how far along are you when you when you do this? Uh, we were eight weeks along. Okay. And the um, woman in the ultrasound told me that um, the heartbeat wasn't very strong. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that means, but whatever. So we went in and we talked to our doctor. And she said, and I will never forget her words, um... But she said it was probably going to be a no-go. And I have never heard a doctor be so callous before. Just like that? Just like that. Like she said no-go? She said no-go. Um, I don't know and if it was bedside manners, right? What the? <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and it was my first. So I remember I was sitting in the, in the bed, and she said that to me. And I... I don't think I lost sensation in my entire body because I didn't know I didn't know how to move forward. I didn't know if I could get out. I didn't know if I could if my feet would land on the floor. I didn't know what I could do. So I I think he asked at the time, like what were next steps? Um and we decided to terminate at home instead of going in um to terminate with the doctor. So we did. And we picked a weekend and I did the medication. And it was the most painful thing that I have ever done. And I remember laying on the bathroom floor. And again, I was in the worst pain that I've ever been in. I can still remember it. And he knocked on the bathroom door and asked if I was okay. And I was just sobbing my eyes out. And I couldn't move. And I was, I just didn't know where to go, what to do. And at that point, I mean, I had already given the baby a nickname. I had already told some of my friends. I had told some of my family. And some of my other friends, we had all started trying to get pregnant at that point. So knowing that they were all pregnant and I was losing mine destroyed me. I didn't know who I was anymore. I thought I was going to be a mom. I started defining myself as a mom. And now I wasn't going to be able to. Can you, and I see you're getting a little, you know, it's an emotional thing. Yeah. So for me, and, and I'm oblivious to all this. She says it's a no-go, which in those days, I don't know. I, I gotta figure there's some sort of better way of putting that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and though, so it's, and I don't know how this works. So basically, she's like, "All right, you're, we're gonna not continue on with the pregnancy, or what? What about it made it a no-go? Just the fact that there was the heart wasn't strong enough, the baby yeah. wasn't developing. Yeah, the heartbeat wasn't gonna be strong enough, so the baby was gonna, it was gonna die. Yeah. So they don't, and again, this is all learning to me, they yeah. don't say, okay, well, let's see what happens. They're just basically like... Um, they could do an, another ultrasound, but when the baby's heartbeat is that low, like it's not going to increase. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. So they'll terminate. They'll either terminate through a DNC or you can terminate at home. Okay. And at that point, I didn't know what a DNC was, so I was too... It's a surgery, basically, and okay. I was too scared to do the surgery, so I did it at home. Yeah. There's a medication that you can do. Okay. Um... So then after that, um, him and I, again, I attack everything. I go for it. If I know that there's something I want, then I, then that's what I do. 
Um, but him and I continued to try, and I said, we're going to do this. So we continued to try for the next two and a half years that we were together. Um, and I lost five more. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I had six miscarriages while we were together. After the sixth one, the sixth one was, um, let me think here. So we got married in 2013. We started trying in September 2014. Um, so, oh gosh, about a year and a half later, we stopped trying and then January 2016, I found out that I had a tumor behind my left eye and ended up having to have brain surgery. So, so yeah. I mean, yeah, if there's not some lessons uh, to be had here. Now, I wasn't aware of that many. Um, I know yeah. we just kind of explored that. What do you feel that, one, the process of trying to, you know, almost, you know, when you're trying... We all know what we're doing, trying to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, but it is like, you know, we're on these timetables and these certain times and this and that. And do you yeah. feel that trying and trying so hard, one, takes some romance out of it? And two, do you think that the the way that things had transpired in your relationship between the two, while becoming good friends, right, and best friends possibly at the time, separated you guys a little bit? Yeah. With, do you think that contributed I think there to was the a lot of damage that was done just because of the right? losses. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we put our we put ourselves through a lot to lose six babies together. Um, I call them my little angel babies. Um, and they're all they're all still with me. I'm gonna I do have to say this. When I get to heaven and I meet those little mm -hmm. Effers, <laughs> they are all getting spankings from me. Yeah, the first thing Bent when I right see them, heck yes, no spankings no diaper and on. hugs, spankings and hugs from mommy. When I see in them. that order, <laughs> hugs first or spankings or spankings then hugs. I don't know yet. I haven't okay. decided. You don't um, have to. Yeah, have some time. Um, yeah, I have some time, <laughs> but yeah, I, I can't wait to see them and meet them. But yeah, I yeah. They get okay, that from so, me. But anyways, we put ourselves ooh, no, through... No, but anyways, or so anyways. But, yeah, yeah what, okay. which one? Um, we put ourselves through a lot in that time frame, in a very short time frame, because, again, I wanted to be a mom, and still I can, I'm desperate for that. Um, we put ourselves through so much in such a short amount of time. I, I really, really wanted that, and I attacked it yeah, and I probably put way too much pressure on him and, and myself in that short amount of time that it we never we never dealt with it. How could you? I mean, in that, in that time frame to go through that much is, is a lot. And then in the end, to all of a sudden have it turned on our, to be turned on our heads and have to deal with a brain issue yeah let's lead into that so uh you've had now at this point six mm -hmm. total miscarriages yeah and what was the furthest along before you know was the furthest along that you were in those 10 10 weeks mm -hmm. Jeez. okay so how are you experiencing it experiencing anything headaches like what leads to them discovering that you have this brain tumor so i all of a sudden started having 
uh, headaches in the middle of the night that were waking me up. And it was every night between 12 and 2, I would get piercing headaches behind my left eye. Um, and it was every single night. There was not a night that I would wake up. So I went into the doctor, and they said it was cluster headaches. So, Which is? Um, like a neurological thing that okay. they can treat. So they would just give you a sh- like a shot. and Which they did for you. No, no, they didn't. I didn't want it. I don't like shots. Mm-hmm. So I was like, please don't give me that. You have no Can vaccinations? Do you have vaccine? I, I have my vaccines. Don't worry. Did you get the flu shot this year? I did not. Me neither. Okay. I'm a rebel. All right. All right yeah. Sorry, go ahead. We're both, we're both here with our masks on. <laughs> can't you tell? Um, so I went in for my MRI, and they while they were doing the MRI, all of a sudden they stopped it, pulled me out, and they said, we need you to come back here and talk to a doctor right away. What's well, going through your head at that point? Like, really? Like What the hell? So I have really bad um, anxiety around doctors. Can't imagine why. I wouldn't know why. Um, Especially after everything that's already gone on in the past two years prior. So he was there with me. So he, I asked him to come back. He sat with the doctor and I went and laid down on a bench because I got really, I was basically having a panic attack. I got Mm -hmm. really dizzy. And they said, we have, we found a mask behind your left eye. We need to have you meet up with a doctor. So I met up with a doctor within a couple days. They said, we're going to do a surgery. We're going to remove it. I said, this is really fast. Um, can we take any more time? They said, no. It is ben- It was benign. It wasn't okay. cancer or anything. Um, How soon was this after your last miscarriage? Um, three months. Okay. So... I went in. I went to Buff General. They were amazing. I had an amazing doctor. Um, they removed the tumor. I guess the next day they did another MRI. They found another one. So technically I've had two brain surgeries because they found a little bit more. So they had to do another go brain back surgery. In? Yeah, they had to go back in. Same spot? Then same spot, same. yeah. But it was crazy because I guess... I was all drugged up, and I thought and I was a figure skater. You so did. I yeah. did. That's I what happens when you do drugs. Skater. Yeah. I know. I don't do drugs, so I don't know. Um, so I thought I was a figure skater, and I was swearing at the nurses. Mm-hmm. I was. Did really you get mad. up and try and skate with all the things No, but I just kept telling them. They kept coming in and making sure I wasn't stroking you- out. So <laughs> every time they did, I said, I don't know why I have to do these effing moves, because I'm a figure skater, and I shouldn't have to do this. Is that maybe a subconscious? Did you want to be a figure skater as a kid? I figure skated. When I was you younger. did mm-hmm. yes. okay so then yeah that's where there it subconscious. is subconscious yeah cool i'm sorry go ahead no that's all right so um so yeah so there's my brain surgery story and then i was discharged two days later because it doesn't yeah. take a lot to get discharged from brain surgery no it just had your whole skull opened up let's send you on your way after a couple of hours that sounds very logical um yeah so i mean that's a crazy amount in and first of all i'm going to just touch on this uh and maybe i shouldn't but i mean that's a lot you guys were trying hard in two and a half years to have mm-hmm. s- six miscarriages mm-hmm. it was like jackrabbits yeah yeah i mean did you work at all or was that just like what you guys <laughs> yeah. that was it yeah that's so you have six miscarriages and then not one but Two brain tumors, two brain surgeries, and you're out in two days. How do you, and maybe this is, is what leads to, you know, the separation. I don't know. How do you deal with that? 
how do you make sense of what just went on? How do you, you know, what's going on in, in your life, in your head? And how do you pull through that? Um, get back to routine as soon as possible. That's what got me through everything. Um, so I, I, at that point, I lived within a mile of Power Yoga Buffalo. Okay. So I would get up. I would still get up at, because at that point I was practicing almost every day. I would get up and walk. I wasn't allowed to drive at the time, obviously. Yeah, you understandable. Don't, you, after yeah. they crack your head open, you're not allowed to drive. So I would get up and I would walk over to the mile to Power Yoga Buffalo at 5 a.m. I would practice at 6. And when I say practice, I want to put this out there. I would listen to my body. I would sit in child's pose for half the practice. I would do a couple down dogs or I would do tabletop pose. And then I would sit in child's pose for the rest. So I would just be in the hot room. I would be in the community because that was those were all of the people that I wanted to be around. And then I would lay in Shavasana at the end and sit in that community. And then I'd walk home. And this is February at the time. And we had a really mild February that year. So it was kind of warm. It was like 40 degrees. Um, or they, a lot of people offered to drive me home after the practice if I needed them yeah. to. A lot of times I didn't want to because I wanted to just be out and walking because um, I could. But that's that's what I would do. And then the rest of the day I would read. Reading kind of hurt my eyes a little bit, but I'd read as yeah. much as I could. Um, or I'd walk down to Redbox and rent a movie, but I wanted to be out and moving and trying to get back into my routine. Were you still talking to people uh, when you would rent the Redbox? Like you were. <laughs> I didn't talk to anybody. Okay. I didn't talk to the Redbox. And I had friends drop um, where I was working. They were dropping off meals. So everybody who dropped off a meal, I would try to talk to them when they did that. So I was still, I was talking to people. Yeah. Um, but again, just trying to, as much as I could, get back into that routine. And at this time, are you guys separated or are no, you... No, we were together at still that together. time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, so uh, this obviously, when when all this happens, you've been practicing and instructing and teaching yoga the whole time? Um, yeah. And at that point, I obviously had to take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yoga Parkside, where I taught was absolutely incredible so they had meals dropped off to me um megan who owns yoga parkside mega callahan has always been incredible she out the gate when i was originally certified was an amazing support she was like you're a new teacher come on over like i will take you i she was one of the only places that was like you're brand new i will support you whatever yeah, you need that's Let's cool. me teach. don't get that too often no let me teach over there um I was teach right after that. I had reached out to um, Mind Body Flow, uh, where Morena is the owner, and she. I remember when I had reached out to her, she said, um, "You just had brain surgery," and I said, "Yeah, uh, but I want to teach her." And she said, "I don't think I've ever had someone reach out like immediately after all of these things have happened, but." I would gladly bring you on because you're obviously resilient and strong. And from that, I know you would be a great teacher here at the studio. So I've been teaching there since then as well. Um, So between the two of them, um, they've been great supports to me in my teaching journey. And I'm still at at both of those places because they've been such strong supports to me. 
So it sounds like you know, one getting back into the routine was was you've had all this go on. You, you get back into your routine, and yoga mm-hmm. helps you not necessarily find yourself again, but bring you back into to who you are, who Amanda, who Scrubs mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, where does the passion for yoga movement? Where did it come from initially, and why are you so passionate about it? Uh, I like movement. I like yoga because it's the one time the monkeys in my brain feel like they're not out of control. When I'm in movement, it almost feels like they settle down and they're at ease, they're calm. When I'm settled and still and just... I don't know, out there moving around constantly in the day, they're off, they're crazy, I can't focus in on anything. But when I'm out for a run or I'm focused in on a workout or when I'm in a yoga practice, it's like they all come in into focus. And then I see where I'm going. I see what's supposed to happen. I see who I am. And at the end of it, that's what it really is. I see who I am finally. Um... And that's the way it's always been, even back in high school. Why those people didn't have an effect on me It's when I was running. When those things were happening, I could come back into those moments and, okay, fine, whatever. Here I am. That's me. That's what's happening now. I don't need anything else when I'm in movement. Why do I move so constantly? Because I have so many thoughts, so many things going on, and I can come back to... Okay, here I am. Here's here's the Amanda bubble. Here's the Scrubs bubble. Scrubs. Uh, yeah, um, and I can can focus back in. And so then, uh, movement obviously. So we've got the movement, the running side of it, and then the yoga, which is a little bit obviously when you're when you're running, you're you're running, you're jogging. Mm-hmm. Uh, with yoga, there's the flow, there's the movement, but then there's also the the breath, the breath side of it. And does that calm those monkeys mm-hmm. down? Yeah, it absolutely does. And the centeredness. Like, I've been talking more and more when I've been teaching because in my practice I feel it. But that centeredness in, like, the pit of your belly and the heart center of where where I am, where I'm rooted, um, or even in the grounding in my feet. And I teach to what I know and what I'm feeling. Uh, and that's what I talk about when I'm, when I'm teaching you guys, when I'm here at MAC, MAC Fitness, that be where you are, be in what you feel, what you sense, what's happening for you, because that's what, what I'm feeling going on when I'm practicing as well. If I have a sensation or a feeling come up when I'm practicing, then I talk about that when I'm here. Um, or same, like I gave an assignment this week when I was teaching. I gave mm-hmm. that assignment because it was something that came up for me while I was practicing about listening and really listening with your entire body to someone else. So I wanted other people to listen that way when they were practicing as well. Yeah, I think it's huge, 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 what? <laughs> huge that especially as, as a coach, as an instructor, mm-hmm. as somebody that people come to, we often will use what we've won, either overcome or two might even be going on with personally and how mm-hmm. we're dealing with it and offer that as advice and help to those that we're instructing or teaching or coaching. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what makes the best. We're not teaching or coaching from a book per se or from what we're teaching from feeling, from emotion, from what's going on in existence right now. Right. And I think that's where the impact right, can be made. Definitely. 
So, huge amount that we've we've covered. You've had quite uh, an interesting story that I've just learned a good amount from, and I think our listeners uh, have as well. I mean, on how to overcome, uh, on how to silence not just our own monkeys, but literally the monkeys of the voices of those around us and how to do that. You have, uh, in my mind, and I think in everyone, all of our listeners' minds, a remarkable story and have dealt with, and I think I'm very thankful that you wanted to discuss the miscarriages uh, and, and, and those traumatic, which are traumatic experiences and how they've affected you, but also to... One, show your vulnerability, and then also for listeners out there that, you know, these it's okay to express these things. It's okay to talk about them. Absolutely. And do you have any advice for, for somebody going through some of the really life-changing things that you did and you've gone through? You know, what would you say to that person that's, that's had the miscarriages? Or what would you say to the person who's, you know, looking at this diagnosis of something as significant and life-altering as a brain tumor reach out and talk about it I don't think that you need to be silent about it anymore I remember that when I first found out about the miscarriages to begin with I when I shared it I found out that a lot of women are silent about it because that's what used to happen that's why people don't share their pregnancies early on is because it might be lost and That hurt me even more because I found out that people's moms or mother-in-laws or themselves had gone through it and didn't share. And I don't know how you share the loss of a child that you were expecting with anyone because it's absolutely devastating. Again, you get excited about it. The minute you find out, your role changes in the world. Yeah, and how you define yourself and what you expect the next day, the next moment, the next breath. I talk all the time about how this breath is different from the next breath that you take. That next breath you take when that line turns pink changes. So share it with others and ask for help. We are terrible at asking for help because we want to shoulder everything ourselves. We think, I am strong. I am Wonder Woman. I can do this on our own. We don't do we really don't have to we can absolutely say right now i need a hug i need a cup of coffee with you i need i need a moment by myself or a day by myself Mm -hmm. or i need your credit card with 500 (laughs) dollars on it to go shopping at lululemon and get myself something um but do what you need to do for you and give yourself permission to do that. So, and I think that goes for, you know, if you find out about a diagnosis about something or you need a moment, do it for you. You you deserve it. You put the work in. You put the time in. Take a moment to step back. Truly. Very good. Very good advice for those that have... Uh, those of you women, because I don't know too many men out there that are having miscarriages, but the men deserve it too, though. Don't don't hold back on that, because I remember that my ex said he was going through it as well, and I I can honestly say I didn't give him credit in that as well. He took a breath and he became a father, and he lost as well, so he deserves it just as much as I did. So I do think dads 
need that also. So I yeah. want to empower dads as well. Thank you for that. I'm not one, but I hopefully will be someday. But it is. It's I mean, true. it's it's for both. Both. I mean, both get excited. There's just as much as excitement to know that you're going to become a father as there is that you're going to be a mother. Yes. Now, there's obviously a great deal more that the mother and, and the woman has to go through, and it's your body, and it's inside sure. of you, and there's a lot of that. But you're absolutely right. And I think in the machoistic world that we've grown up in, you know, you can't, you know, show that emotion or that side. And I think it's very important to to point out that, no, uh, it's okay to to shed the tears. It's okay to not be all right. Because... Yeah. Uh, that's still your child. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, very good. I mean, just some, some great stuff in there. I appreciate you so much for sharing that with our listeners and with the public and, and giving that, that solid advice. Uh, I think uh, you've already given so much to the world. But Thanks. How do, how do you, in closing here, uh, how do you want to be remembered are you taking me out in the parking lot oh yeah yeah this is it this is we've had a good run it's out there two episodes i've got chocolate and vanilla and shit's about to get real Uh, i'm getting run over (laughs) this is it it was nice knowing all of you thank you so much now what are you gonna do if i get hit on the way oh my god everyone's gonna be like oh yeah yeah way to go that went out there that was staged matt who'd you hire yeah exactly uh you did say you were italian earlier so i know that the mafia ties (laughs) um how do i want to be remembered um i would like to know that i made so i always say like small little impacts on people's hearts so like I want to know that, like, somewhere on everyone's heart, there's, like, a little Amanda sticker somewhere. And that's how I want to be remembered. So not, like, a big thing, like, Amanda put up a sign on Buffalo. No, like, Amanda did this one thing for me that one time, and that made an impact. Or Amanda said that nice thing that one time, or she bought coffee for me in line that one day that I had a a tough time or whatever. That's what I want. Little little impact points on people's lives. Awesome. I'd, I'd be good with that. It's just about, so what I'm hearing is that your, your impact and the impact you want to leave this world with is just being, one, who you are, uh, which is just authentic and, and true in that you just want to be, treat others with kindness, with respect, yeah. with love. And if you can do that and continue to do that, then, then you've done what, Scrubs was uh, put out Absolutely. here in this world for. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Little Amanda stickers. Little Amanda's. I feel like they're all over. I feel like I'm covered <laughs> in Amanda stickers right Good. now, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah. Right? What's on the Amanda sticker? Um, I feel like maybe like a little puppy face and like probably a sheep face now yeah, too, right? Yeah, definitely. She, I was thinking monkeys, but the yeah, sheep's got a be. monkey now. Yeah, yeah. It's probably covered with like all little animal faces. Yeah. yeah. A lemur maybe now too. <laughs> Yeah, all sorts of weird stuff. We will be having these Amanda stickers at some point in the future. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, when, when the podcast really takes off. Yeah, um, once we get some sponsors, yeah. the Amanda once stickers. Once the sponsors come in the breaks. Or Scrubs stickers. There'll be Scrubs with, like, vanilla and chocolate. <laughs> and then little, uh, little side monkeys or brain monkeys in there. Perfect. So on that note, so anyways. So anyways. We're going to take a break. We'll be back, close out, let you know about next episode. All right. Stay tuned. Thanks.
Hey guys, welcome back to the Side Monkey Podcast. We just went in depth on uh, on who Amanda Skrupski Muldoon is. The story. The she's still here. Yeah, yeah she is. She is. But uh, and with stickers all over, <laughs> all over the place. Everywhere. It was. Uh, it was very informative. It was enlightening. It was refreshing. It was encouraging. It was inspirational. There's a lot of things that I think uh, every listener can take away. Um, but then also relate to. Um, they're not related, though. But they're not related. Okay, good. No, I... I, I mean, hope I don't have I, that many I, relatives. Yeah. That's a big Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, I do. We've got those. That's for another episode. But I think the next one. It might be in the next great one. That's segue. Great segue. Look at me. Wowza. That was good. Not my that first was... rodeo. <laughs> um, Here I come. Good morning, America. GMA. Watch Getting out. Getting resume. <laughs> So in the next episode, we'll break down a little bit of who I am, and uh, if you care to listen to that, stay tuned three for that episode. Rodeo. What's that? Three-name rodeo. <laughs> it is a three-name <laughs> <laughs> But we both have three names. Right, you started it, but yes. I did? Well, no, you started it. Oh, that's how you introduced yourself. Oh, okay. So then you had to go... Then you that? put the pressure on. I, I had did. to. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's all my fault. It usually is. But that was uh, that was an awesome. It was great one to 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 interview you and, and learn that about you. And Thanks. I think it was great to. I made it all up. Uh, <laughs> that was some good I, shit. Then. I read a really good book you over <laughs> the past couple of weeks, so it's all a lie. Basically, that's all BS. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. that was that was incredible. You're incredible. Thank you. Uh, you're very welcome. And now we just, get to learn about you next. Now we get to learn about me. And and this is after these episodes, you'll know kind of who we are, mm-hmm. uh, which was the, the focus. And we want you guys to have that that insight into the, the, the minds uh, that you're going to be listening to. Over the, is that, that psychedelic <laughs> stuff we were talking about yeah. earlier? And and then as so as we're going through each episode and we're talking about our experiences, so we're talking about the things that that we will be talking about from movement, from nutrition to, to mindfulness, to being present, to gratitude, to all that that encompasses the mind, body, and, and spirit, um, you'll have a little bit of insight into, into who we are and, and how we've become who we are. And so, Amanda, I want to thank you uh, for being as open and honest uh, about lying and making that whole thing up. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. I read well. <laughs> yes. Um, and anything... Let's uh, let's see if there's any questions, right? That anyone wants to to ask, uh, and I encourage anyone that's that's dealt with some of the things you have to do so. Yes, where can yes. where can we direct them to? Sure. Um, please feel free to call my mom. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't call my mom. She'd be terrified. No, <laughs> um, no please feel free to reach out to me. Um, again, my Instagram handle is sakaski s a k k a s k i. My email is a dot. M-U-L-D-O-O-N-S-K-I at yahoo.com. And my Facebook is Amanda Skorupski Muldoon. Uh, again, please feel free to reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. Again, if you have stories to share or questions, comments, reach out. Let us know. I want to hear from you. I want to know those stories. I want to know your impact so you can leave your little impact points on my heart as well. All right, and uh, don't forget the scrub stickers, too. 
Yeah, eventually yeah, we'll get those yeah, scrub no stickers no out doubt. there. Um, but for right now, I will take all of your stickers on my heart. Okay, nice. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, thanks. Crazy segues today. <laughs> um, guys, you can reach me or you can find me uh, on Facebook, matthew.sabolsky.7, also uh, macfitness100. And you can also on Instagram, it's the same handle, at uh, macfitness100. And if you have any questions, you can email me, matt at macfitness100.com. Go figure, right? Imagine uh, that. Imagine that. I try and keep it imagine simple. Imagine Matt. <laughs> oh! Yeah. Man, you are cruising today. I know. You're the coffee it. is the kicking coffee. in. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> Squirrel. That was incredible. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Look, at it. it's been an, an absolute honor. Uh, number one, it is to, to sit alongside you, but to learn about you. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to where the podcast uh, goes from here. In the next episode, guys. I'm excited to learn yeah. about you. Oh, God. You don't here we know. go. We will be talking and you'll be learning about myself and this craziness that is my life or has been my life. And then uh, we will continue on with the episodes and the learning and the personal growth, development, everything that is the Side Monkey podcast. Um, I have, and I'll leave you guys with a quote that I do have on there. It's from Henry Ford. Do you want to read it, Amanda? I'd love to. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got by Henry Ford. So, guys, we're going to leave you with that little tidbit. Take that, use it, and apply that in your life. And until we see you guys next time, peace and love. Peace out.